Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Why is there a gap in the first place between our profession and our work with the Almighty God? Why is the integrity of most Christians, most believers, why is it always in question when it comes to certain issues? Why is it that we have this kind of issue? Again, if we ask most Christians that are sitting down here right now, most Christians will agree that the teaching, they will agree to the teaching of the Word of God. They will agree that the Bible is the Word of God. They will agree that Christians, you know, Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. They will agree that the man should live a righteous and a holy life. But when it comes down to living those truths in their own life, there appears to be a problem. And the question is why? If you believe a man should not lie, why then do we lie? If you believe a man should live a holy life, why then do we live a life that is unholy? If we believe certain things are not supposed to be found in the life of a Christian, why is the, why are those things found in our lives? Why? That is the question we want to deal with. Why are there inconsistencies between what we say and what we do? If you look at Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, reading from verse number 21, the Bible tells us, I find then a law, that evil is present in me, the one who will, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my member, warring against the law of the, my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who then? So then. With the mind, my I myself serve the law, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul the Apostle is saying that the reason why you have this gap is because there is a conflict going on inside of most people. There is a conflict going on inside our lives. And from this verse of the scripture, you will see that the gap between what you say and what you do, number one, is, as, is a result, is a very, very personal thing. Every one of us here, if we are going to be honest, we are struggling with one thing or the other. There is something that you say with your mouth that you want to do. And there is another thing that your body is doing. Many of us at the beginning of the year, you have gone through this particular exercise. You write down on your sheet of paper the new year resolution. How you are going to go to the gym and begin to jog 500 miles per minute. But at the end of the day, after if you last one week, then you are good. What happens is that your spirit wants to do this thing. Your spirit wants to live well. Your spirit wants to enjoy the benefit of a healthy living. But your body, for some reason, does not get the memo to be able to start doing those things. And the same thing, many of us plan and say, okay, we want to pray 10 hours a day. We want to be able to read the Bible like we never read before. But what you find is that if you are ready to go to bed, you open the Bible and before you know what's happened, you're already sleeping. So what you find is that there is something that is inside of you that wants to do the will of God. But there's another thing that is not allowing you to do it. And it's a very personal thing. Number two, why the gap? The gap is something that is a struggle, an ongoing struggle in our body. The Bible says, for I delight in the law of God.
according to the inward man. But I see another law in my member. In other words, there is a fight going on. You want to move in a particular direction, but something else is pulling you in another direction. And he's saying that the reason why you have this conflict, number one, because it's personal. Number two, because it's a struggle. Number three, because of it's a doctrinal issue. Lack of doctrinal integrity and serious theological confusion is causing people not to know what to do. In other words, you see, you are listening to a particular preacher of the word of God, and he says that you don't have any problem. Whatever you do, God understands. Another one tells you that the soul that sins will die. And then at the end of the day, people are confused. What does the Lord want from me? Does he want me to live anyhow? Or does he want me to live a a righteous life? So the issue number one is personal. The issue number two is a a conflict. Number three, it is doctrinal. Number four, the reason why there is a conflict between what we say and what we do is because it is historical or traditional. What do I mean by that? The church has for a very long time taught the people that the only people who are supposed to live a life that is holy and righteous are the people who are responsible for the preaching. Are the members of the, are the, members of the clergy. They are the ones who cannot misbehave. They are the ones who are supposed to live a holy life. They are the ones who are supposed to maintain a righteous appearance. But the people of the church can live anyhow. All they have to do is on Saturday, they will go to church, confess their sins, and the father will tell them, go and do ten Hail Marys and you are fine. And because of that particular historical thing, the false dichotomy that has been created by the church between the clergy and the laity has caused people to live an inconsistent life. They feel that all that is important is for them to just live that holy life when they are in church. I don't know how many of you have watched The Godfathers before. The movie of The Godfather. You will notice that one of them when this uh, Michael Corleone, when he was about to kill his, his enemies, the guy was doing it right inside the church. He was sitting down in church. They were doing the baptism of his godson. And meanwhile, he was ordering different hits up, up and down. How can a man who says he's righteous be sitting down in the church and ordering the king of other people? It's because we have been told that this thing, all you have to do is just go and ask for absolution and just go to your, go to your priest, ask them to give you 10 Hail Marys and 10 Hail Fathers, and you are fine. When you have that kind of a mindset, it is very easy for you to live an inconsistent life. Why is there a gap? There is a gap because we are fighting a spiritual battle. Bible makes us to understand in verse number, 20, no, verse number 24. He said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh I serve the law of sin. The devil is very, very much at work in trying to make sure that the holiness and the righteousness that is required of the Almighty God, you and I are not able to live up to it. That's why there is inconsistency. There's something else warring inside our body. Something that's making it very difficult for us to be able to serve the Lord. Now these are just the general reason why you have inconsistency in our Christian work. Okay? These are just the general reason. But beyond this reason, there are some fundamental issues that is found in the life of a Christian whose life does not match. What, you know, whose words do not match the way they live their lives. Okay? In other words, when you see a believer whose life and profession are at odds, there are other things that are going on. And the first thing you will notice in the life of a believer who says one thing and does something else is number one, the issue they have a problem with what I refer to as encounter. They have a problem with encounter. And that means that they have not been able to, they, they have not met the real Jesus. Or the meeting of the Jesus, the meeting of our Lord Jesus Christ has not committed, has not done or created an eternal change in their lives. 
The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It said that therefore if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And for those who have stayed with me, who have been around me for a while, you will hear me add a commentary to this. If after meeting Jesus, nothing has changed, there is a problem. Yeah. It's either you did not meet Jesus or you met the wrong one. Because there is no way you will meet the right Jesus and something will not change in your life. So if you see a believer whose words and actions are completely opposed to each other, you will know that they have a problem of encounter. Number two, if there is a problem between what they say and what they do, there is a problem of conviction. There is a problem of conviction. Paul the Apostle said in the book of Romans chapter 8 he said for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principality nor powers or things present or things to come nor heights nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. In other words when I'm convinced, when I'm persuaded that God has done a walk in my life I will walk in that conviction. The Bible tells us something when Abraham received the promise that he was going to have a son. The Bible says that in the book of Romans chapter 4. He said that Abraham knowing that God is able to do it. He was willing to do what? He was willing to lay down his son and sacrifice that son. Knowing that God was able to raise him away. In other words there is a conviction. There is a persuasion. When you are persuaded that God is able to do what he has promised to do in your life. It changes the way you live. Yes. And I have given this example here and I will give it again. If you do not trust the chair upon which you are sitting right now, you will not sit on it. If you don't believe it is strong enough to carry your weight, you won't sit on it. But the only reason why you are sitting on that chair is because you know that that chair is strong enough to carry you. The only reason why you walk with God is because you know that God is true to his words. The only reason why you pray is because you know he hears and answers prayer. If you don't believe that God will hear and answer your prayer, why would you pray? Why waste your time? If you don't believe that there's any difference in serving the Lord, why waste your time in church on Monday or Sunday morning? If you don't believe that nothing happens after death, why do you pray and ask that the Lord Almighty will deliver your soul? It's a question, number one, of encounter. Number two, of conviction. Number three, of faithfulness. When there is inconsistency between the things that we say, and the things that we do, you find that that person has a problem with encounter. He has a problem with conviction. He has a problem with faithfulness. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 26. Paul the Apostle speaking to a King Agrippa. He said, ah, he said, therefore King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly calling. In other words, there was an instruction that God gave to him. There was something that God committed into his hand. And though he brought, defeat, he brought difficulty, he brought challenge, he brought a lot of suffering into the life of Paul the Apostle. But Paul was now standing before a king. And say, though it brought all these issues into my life, I was not disobedient to that heavenly calling that I received. Yeah. It's a question of faithfulness. If you are faithful to an individual, regardless of what is going on in the life of that person, you will find out that no matter how things are, ter- no matter how terrible things are, you will continue to walk with that person. Yes. What you say in the presence of that person is exactly what you are going to say behind them. There will be no duplicity. There will be no inconsistency. Your word and your action will, you know, they will match. And when you see a believer whose life and whose words, whose pronouncement and declaration is completely different from the way they live their life, they have a problem with faith to the almighty God. They have a problem with it. Not only that. When you see a gap 
between profession and practice, you will know that what is going on is the problem of discipline and discipleship. A problem of discipline and discipleship. Discipline and discipleship is that the Bible makes us to understand. In the book of Matthew chapter 28, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to pay attention to verse number 20. It says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the end of the age. Say, it is not just going to preach the word. It is not just telling them about the love of God. It is teaching them to observe all the things that I have taught you. In other words, teaching them to pray. Teaching them to study the word of God. Teaching them to live a holy life. Teaching them not to backbite. Teaching them to do the things that is that is uh, consistent with the, with a man or a woman that is called by the name of the Almighty God. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And you can only do all these things when you are a disciplined child of God. And when you are a person that is submissive to discipleship. And that means that you are willing to follow the Almighty God regardless of how inconsistent it might be. And that is why if you see a person whose words and whose actions there is a gap between them that there is an there's a gulf between what they do and what they and what they say you find out that they have a problem of discipline they have a problem of discipleship and there are a lot of people in the house of God today who have no understanding what discipleship is all about they have no understanding of what discipline is all about there are people there are lack of they, lack of discipleship that of discipleship coupled with the absence of a mentor and spiritual father with the integrity has resulted in a lot of believers who say they are going to heaven but they have not even started the journey. That is why you see believers who want to lead without being, you know, without first learning how to follow. That's why you see believers who demand from others what they themselves are not willing to pay. They are willing to be the head, but they are not willing, they don't want to follow. So you see, when there is a problem of discipline, when there is a problem of discipleship, you will find out that what we say and what we do, they are, they are at odds. Not only that. When you see a believer whose life and whose words are contrary to each other, you will know that they have a problem of dualistic worldview. Dualistic worldview simply means that the Bible says that shall we continue in sin and expect you know, the grace of God to abound. And Paul the Apostle says no. So you see my brothers and sisters, there is no such things as a secular life and a spiritual life. There's nothing like that. There is not a, 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 an individual who is a pastor today and then tomorrow is a what? Is just an ordinary person. No. What you believe affects every area of your life. You cannot switch it on and switch it off. You cannot switch on holiness when you are coming to church and switch it off when service is over. Your life in the church should be the same life that you live at work. It should be your same life at the, in the house. It should be your life everywhere you go. There shouldn't be any, there shouldn't be duplicity in any way. So there is no such thing as a sacred, secular spirit. What you believe in private will affect your public performance. That's true. What you believe in private will affect your public performance. You cannot live consistently one way in at the church and another way at home. What you will find is that one day, one of them is going to show up. One of them is going to show up. If you are living a life of hypocrisy and you are able to fool the people in the church, a day will come that something will trigger it and we will see the true color. And that is why when you see a person 
crazy person, when there is this issue of duplicity, when there is this issue of inconsistency in the way they talk and the, and the, and the way they, and the, the, things that, the things they say about God and the way they live for God, when you see that inconsistency, you know that they have an issue with dual, you know, this dualistic worldview. That is why Christians who lack conviction, Christians who lack faithfulness, Christians who lack an encounter with the Almighty God, Christians who have no discipline and discipleship, they will, and who have this confused worldview, will continue to live a life that is not consistent with the Word of God. Because the very foundation upon which they build their life is not properly, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a solid ground. The question then is, why do we have this problem in the first place? Why is it that a believer who said that they have, believed, they have received the Lord Jesus Christ, they have been in church for decades, why do we have this problem in the first place? The reason we have the problem in the first place is because the church, as an entity, has redefined scriptures in relative terms. When God said the soul that sin will die, we are saying, no, God is not a wicked God, he will not send anybody to hell. We have redefined the scripture in relative time. That's why we are having this problem. Number two, we have distorted the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we are saying that there's no difference between somebody who believes in God and those who do not believe in the Almighty God. Well, the Bible said I will make a difference between those who serve me and those who do not. We have distorted the truth of the word of God. That's why we are having this problem. We are having this problem because there is a departure from the original original message of the cross. The message of the cross is not for you to be pro- it's not for prosperity. It's not the idea the idea for the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is not to make you a millionaire. Yes, you can be prospered. Yes, you can be healed. Yes, you can be delivered. But the Bible said that he shall give birth to a son. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. He said he shall give birth to a son. And his name shall be called Jesus. Why? Because he shall deliver his people from their sin. That is the purpose. Deliverance from sin. And if we distort the original message of the gospel, what you find is that we have people in church who have no idea what it means to walk with the almighty God. Why do we have this problem? We have this problem because there is deception from the pulpit. Deception from the pulpit. After the departure, you find ministers because they want to be able to preserve their position, because they want to sustain themselves, because they have no other, they have no other means of livelihood. They have to continue to keep the people attentive and continue to entertain them so that they can continue to return week after week. We'll tell them stories that will not take them anywhere. And I tell people. If your faith does not demand anything from you, it's a faith that is not going to take you anywhere. If your faith does not challenge you to holiness, it's a faith that will not take you anywhere. If your faith does not take away sin from your life, that particular faith is not going to take you anywhere. The reason we are in this mess, the reason why there's hypocrisy in the church, the reason why there's inconsistency in the way people, in what people say and what people do, is because there is a clear deception from the pulpits. People not telling the people the truth of the word of God. The Bible tells in the book of Ezekiel, he said, son of man, I've made you a watchman over this house. He said, when you see, when you hear the word from me, you are supposed to declare it to the people. And when you declare to the people, if they hear and they, re- and, and they repent, he said, they will save their soul, but I will not require the blood from your hand. But if you hear the word from my mouth and you refuse to tell them, and the people perish from perish in their sin, he said, that particular blood of that individual will be required from your hand. And how many pulpits are responsible for the death of so many sinners? How many people pulpits in this country? How many pulpits in the world are now responsible for the souls that are perishing that are perishing in hell. The reason for the inconsistency in the what we declare and the way we live is because there is deception from the pulpits. I 
And because there is dissension from the pulpit, the believers are now deluded. Members in the pew, people who are sitting down and listening to listening to the preacher, they are now being deluded because they believe that oh, everybody's cruising to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. It doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you say. Even if you have never repented, even if you have never accepted Lord Jesus into your life, you are going to heaven. And that is not true. So when the people who have believed a lie and they are sitting under the people who continue to tell them the lie, what you will find is that they will say something, but their life does not support what they are saying. And that's why you can say that they can quote the scriptures. Some of them can even speak in tongues. Some of them know all the languages of the scripture. They know how to do the spiritual dance. They know everything about the church. But yet, the power of the gospel to transform life, that power is void in their lives. Because there is a delusion that has come upon the people of God as a result of what we have done to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So these are the reasons why there's hypocrisy that is rampant in the church? The question then is that what is the impact of this inconsistent lifestyle in the, in the you know in our own little corner, in the place where we find ourselves? What is the impact of our inconsistency in the preaching of the word of God, in the bringing of others into the kingdom of God? The first impact of our inconsistency is that Christianity appears to be a fraud when you are living an inconsistent life. Right. You are telling people God can save, God can deliver. God can do X, Y, and Z. And they look at yourself, they see that you don't even trust it. They know that, for number one, is either you are lying or you don't even know what you're talking about. So they look at Christianity as being a very fraudulent thing. And that's why there's a, the, the people who oppose the church, the people who oppose our faith, this is one of their biggest weapons because of the inconsistencies of the life of those who call upon the name of the Lord. So the first impact is the impact of, is the, is the appearance of fraud, of fraud. Is that Christianity appears to be fraudulent. Number two, it diminished the impact of the gospel. Assuming you want to preach to somebody. As a preacher, I want to preach to somebody. I've been talking about the preaching and the preaching and the preaching. And then all of a sudden, I travel out of the state. I went to another place where nobody knows me. And I'm running after girls. And one of the people I've been preaching to say, ah, Is this not the same pastor from Life Log and Not Church? Running after this. The, the next time when they see me in night, we say, Okay, keep going on. We saw you what you did in, the, in Fort Lauderdale. We saw what you did in Miami. The point I'm making is that when we live a life of inconsistency, we diminish the impact of the gospel. The people that actually need the word of God that we are preaching, they're no longer, they're no longer willing to listen to you anymore. You diminish that particular impact. Number four, Christianity now begins to lack credibility. If I live a life that I'm condemning, and the people know that I'm living a life that I'm condemning, I lack credibility. Whatever I say is just a bunch of noise. I'm just blowing hot air. When, the credibility, when there is inconsistency in the way we live, the other impact is that there will be rejection of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why when we go out and we preach and we speak the word to other people, they are not interested. Because they have seen a believer before and they've seen what the believer have done. They have seen a preacher before and they have seen what the preacher have done. They have seen people who say that they are holy and they are righteous and those people have messed them up. So we find that there's a rejection of the gospel. And when people reject the gospel, the final consequence is that they will have eternity without Christ. And all this can be traced back to the fact that believers are living a life that does not glorify the name of the Lord. They are living a life that is inconsistent. The question this morning is, how can we bridge this particular gap? How can you begin to bridge the gap between what you say and what you do so that you can make sure that both of them are in agreement? How do we bridge this gap? First Timothy chapter 1. Sorry, First Timothy chapter 4. 
Reading from verse number 12. The Bible says, Let no man despise the youth, but be thou an example of the believer. Not just in word, but in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Be an example of the believer in every aspect of your life. When you are walking, let people know that you are a believer. When you are talking, let them know that you are a believer. When you are interacting, let them know that you are a believer. When you are doing whatever you are doing, let them know that you are a believer. He said, be now an example of a believer in war, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And the, God, the way you can preach this particular God, number one, is that there has to be a true encounter with the Almighty God. Yeah. Because if that true encounter happens... I tell you, nobody will tell you anymore. Nobody will preach to you. Nobody will in, uh, explain anything because you already have that encounter. You know, that's the first thing. Bridging the gap requires that we, you know, that we encourage our people to have a true encounter with the Lord. The question is that we that are in the church today, can we recall the day that we were born again? Can you recall the day that the Lord God Almighty, the, flood, the, the, the glory of heaven was shone upon your heart? The day that you recognize that, yes, you need a Savior. Can you remember that date? Can you remember what happened to you? Do you know that particular tipping point in your life? When you know that today is the day that I need to be saved. If you don't remember, you need to be able to go back and pray. That the Lord will bring that conviction into your heart. Salvation is not a bunch of me say after I say after preaching this thing I say okay you want to if you want to tap into the glory of God you want to tap into the wealth of God raise up your hand and you repeat some nice thing and then you walk up the aisle and that's the end of the story you have no understanding of sin or what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary if you think that salvation is so cheap you ask you God if you have the opportunity of asking Jesus we tell you it's not cheap though it was offered to us for free but you must have that encounter if you are going to live a life that is consistent number two. If we are going to bridge the gap and live a life that is consistent, there has to be discipleship in your life. There has to be discipleship. The Bible tells us, it says, teaching them to observe. In other words, you need to learn what it means to walk with the Lord. Learn what it means to be able to serve the Lord. Learn what it means to be able to submit, to be submissive under the, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Learn what it means to hear the voice of God. Learn what it means to be able to serve others in the kingdom of God. You need to go through discipleship. That is what's it takes to be able to live a life that is consistent. I used to tell people that if you become a believer, there are people who argue that yes, I can serve the Lord on my I can serve the Lord on my own, I can be in my house, be on the internet. I'm not knocking the people who are watching us on Facebook who want you to continue to do so and watch us. But one thing that you want to understand is that the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew, it said that let none of you depart the assemblies of the of the righteous. You say, because some people have done so, and they have made a shipwreck of their faith. The reason is because, why do you think that this idea of patience, where do you think patience will be tested? Where do you think love suffering will be tested? Where do you think love will be tested? Where do you think your endurance will be tested? It's in the midst of the people of God. When somebody steps on your toe, that is when you can practice it. But when you are on your own, it is nice. It is sanitized. You know, you can't step on your own table. Even if you get angry at yourself, you have not, you know, you can deal with it. But the issue is that discipleship happens when you are in the midst of the people of God. And a man who wants to live a life that is consistent must not only encounter the living, risen Christ, must be able to subject himself to discipleship. Number three, it must be a person who debunks what is called dualism. And what I mean by dualism is this. I mean that your work life and your church life are not two separate lives. Yeah. They're not. What you are in the church is what you are. What you should be at your place of work. 
He should be what you are at the in your, in your own house. And that is why it has been said that the most difficult people to minister to are the family of the minister. The most difficult people to minister to. If you go to any, if you want to find out how a minister actually lives, ask the son, ask the daughter, ask the wife. If they are going to be honest with you, they will tell you the kind of person that person is when nobody's looking. It is easy to put up a show like this. Very easy. All you have to do is know how to talk and know how to rewind the emotions of people. But if you want to know the true person that is behind the pulpit, ask the people that see him when he wakes up in the morning. Ask the people that see him when he's pissed off. Ask him the people. Ask, the, ask people that are close to him when, there is, when the food is not ready. Those are the people who will tell you how it really is. So if you really want to preach the car, you need to be able to deal with the issue of dualism. There is no difference between your life in the church and your life at work. There's no difference. You are the same person. And if you are going to bring people to the kingdom of God, you must be a person that is the same everywhere you go. There's no air. There's no duplicity. Not only that, to bridge the gap, there must also be what is called the renewing of your mind. Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter uh, chapter 12. If you start reading from verse number 2, it says that, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove that which is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. There has to be the renewing of your mind. In other words, you have to come to the point where you understand that how you live privately, what you do privately is as important as what you do publicly. You cannot be a devil in private and be a saint in public. It's not possible. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.